Hello and welcome to The Implication. We're so happy that you've joined us. My name's Adam. And I'm Eric. And what are we going to talk about this week, Eric? This week we are going to talk about the wonderful movie, Interstellar. Came out in 2014, directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Matthew McConaughey, Jessica Chastain, and a few others. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, indeed. Who else? Spoiler alert, Matt Damon. Two wonderful, wonderful robots. There was two, Two robots. Two. I feel like it was one. I feel like Who there knows, was two. Maybe it was no, there body was two double. because there was the funny one and then the more serious one. Okay, and so. And a ghost. Not really. <laughs> it was an interesting interpretation of what a ghost may be. Potentially. Indeed. So what about. <laughs> so what about. <laughs> Let's talk so about. Aside ghosts. from. Aside <laughs> <laughs> So aside from the movie itself, what themes emerged from it or ideas do you want to dive into? Well, the main theme would be time. Time, the relativity of time. And how existence is mostly time. Existence as in like a big E existence as in the universe. So the So the basic premise of the movie is... The Earth is dying of, I'm I'm not sure if they go into it too much, but basically some sort of environmental disaster has happened, is occurring. Nothing will grow anymore, or most things won't grow, like corn won't grow anymore. Basically, humans are left to make some drastic move to save themselves or basically die. So the basic premise is, do we just die on Earth or do we go up into space looking for some sort of answer, some sort of other place to live potentially, or a way to create a place for us to live, like a giant space station. Right, and so Matthew McConaughey's character, the main character, was formerly a pilot and he gets recruited essentially by Michael Caine's character who's a head NASA guy essentially that they've been looking more the route of finding habitable planets elsewhere in the universe and recruits McConaughey as one of the greatest pilots ever to lead a mission McConaughey has a family his wife has either died or left him I don't know which and he has a daughter and a son. Yes. And so the problem is if he goes, he'll be gone for a very long time. And they'll be going into parts of space that will essentially... Warp time. Warp. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> they'll be going into parts of space that have a, a dense gravity fields that 
expand or expand the stretch out time for McConaughey. So basically, while McConaughey remains the same age while he's near a black hole on Earth, his kids will be growing up and even even surpassing him in age. Yes. Um, And then, so this all culminates with um, they go to these planets trying to find something habitable or that could be a scene as a a second or hope for humanity to leave Earth and go there. So as they're looking for these planets, they, they ultimately end up going and McConaughey ends up flying solo into a black hole when he does so, um, it, it turns out he essentially gets warped through time and ends up in this peculiar library-like state where he can see the past and he can see into the home of him and his daughter and son. Um, and in doing so, communicates to the past essentially to help them make connections to advance humanity in the future. Yeah, the way he the way that communication worked was through gravity waves and this is a actual thing and I'm sure I'm oversimplifying it, but gravity waves can travel back through time. So he does that. His daughter is a scientist as well. His son's a bit of a a rebel and never seems to be connected well. I don't know what happens with the son's storyline, but um, his daughter, he was very close to. His daughter became a scientist. She was working closely with the Michael Caine character on the breakthroughs, um, and he communicates with her, gets them the information that they need to get them uh, humanity where it needs to go, and then ultimately... The movie ends with him coming together with his daughter as she is elderly and dies in a space station, essentially. Or as she's elderly and dies, I don't remember the setting. Yeah, it's at the space station. So yeah, so it raises the question of time. So now the daughter he had that was 25 years younger than him uh, is 40 years older than him, for example. So it raises interesting questions kind of on the both on the scientific front and on the philosophical front. Yeah, so time. So it it raises the question to me, um, you have time, it's this perpetual thing where always everything we do somehow is tied to time, is related to time. So, So everything is measured with time. You know, as you go through your day, just everything is tied to time. So the best um, the best way, this is how I like to think of it. The whole space-time continuum thing, right? Because you always hear about how space and time are the same thing, right? Blah, blah, blah. But what does that really mean? Okay, so there was a ancient Greek philosopher... Zeno, who had all these parables, right? So one of them was, if if 
spaces divisible. And so you take from point A to point B, right? And you divide it in half. And then you keep dividing it in half and half and half. To affinity, right? So if you if you keep doing that, say someone's walking along the line, how do they move anywhere? Okay. Because you keep dividing space. I'm so not you're saying that correctly. I had an easier way of explaining that before that I now can't think of. Well, also with that, that that's also the same aspect of you can keep cutting it in half, cutting distance in half. You'll never get to the end. Right. Right. That's basically it. So how so so how do you go anywhere is the question. The answer is time though. Like I don't he never said this, but my answer is time. You get we get places because of time. Okay, because we can move through time. Forward. We move forward through time. Right. And that's what I think the distinction needs to be made. It's as it is can only move forward through time because um, because because we we perceive space as such a gigantic thing the universe is infinite right which to us if we think in spatial terms is unimaginable but if we think about that in terms of time i think it becomes more imaginable because you're just going forever. We have a better sense of time than space. Right. You can break down the scale of time and kind of make things more digestible. Right. So if you just if you just took space, right, with if you just took empty space and it's just space, right? There's no objects in it. Except for a person that's walking, okay? And they're just walking an empty space. Are they going anywhere? Yeah, that's a really good question. That is essentially how we are. We are in space and we're all walking around. If we didn't have things relative to us, we would never know if we're going anywhere. But time, the time makes it relative to us, though. Not space, right, and because then, space is infinite. Go on. And then with interstellar, that's... So that's, I guess, in this case, the implication is, you know, time is is relative. Um, Matthew McConaughey's character is experiencing time in one manner um, relative to himself, while her name's Murph, his daughter, and everybody else is, is experiencing it in another frame. So so that being said, you know, there's a powerful part one of the more most powerful probably parts in the whole movie is the scene where he comes back from one of the planets and he was on this planet that had a time warp. So even though he was on the planet for maybe 20 minutes when he gets back 10 20 years have passed. So then he watches 
all these videos um, that his daughter had been transmitting and just has to watch her age and get a family and have all these life events. You know, in the, in the course of five minutes, he has to see his daughter age 20 years. Or, you know, it's, it's pretty powerful. Right. So was so so why are we talking about this? What so what are the implications of, on our life on how humans live and how we think about time? So society you could argue one of society's main functions is to regiment time and how we use time. Right, because when you live in society with other people, it suddenly becomes very important to all operate on the same clock. Right, and the clock is not time; it has nothing to do with time. It's how we measure time. Right, I mean, we look, we could, it's, you know, right. It's the same thing like a thermometer. Thermometer is not the temperature. This is telling us how we measure what the temperature is, right? We often conflate our tools of measurement with the actual thing, I think. Anyway, as a side note. Right, because you could easily say, you know, we ha- we got to where we are today with clocks and such. Um, when we became more of a global economy, but before then, it would be, oh, you your day starts when the sun comes up, which is going to be different no matter where you are. And then just right along with that, really the economy, dro- I think, the economy drives the, the compartmentalization of time in the sense of, well, this is how much per- a person should spend during their day working. This is how much they probably shouldn't be. And then even beyond that, now everything is about life hacks, which <laughs> if, well, you see all these things and it's all life hacks become more productive and all that. And at first it was, it was people interested in it and doing things for kind of for their own well-being. And now you see companies kind of implementing these life hack type ideas you know, companies are impl- introducing these ideas that seem on the edge or can seem um, counterintuitive. Oh, let your employees take a 20-minute nap or, oh, um, do this and it saves one extra step here. Well, companies aren't doing that for you. Well, in a sense, they are, but they're doing it because it's ultimately increasing productivity, which is getting more out of you and the limited resource we all have of time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So as sort of capitalism develops, we're seeing more and more ways in which we can capitalize on our time. AKA and so, give our free time away <laughs> uh, and whatnot. So with that, with interstellar, kind of the question it raises with the, but the time aspect is you have this continuum and it differs, but also just the general idea 
alongside that of we've reached a certain point. Earth is almost uninhabitable. So we need to save humanity. So the characters do that. This colony or group of people go and find the next kind of earth, so to speak, or the, the next haven. But it's it, it right when, when, you know, the character, when Matthew McConaughey's character is gone, all this other stuff just flies by, you know, and he's doing his own thing and they, they just get disconnected. So at the end, uh, it really comes back to the question of why or what does it all even matter? You know, so we've, we've progressed through time. Now we've reached a, a pivotal point where we need to save humanity. So we, we start addressing that piece and, and we do it, but then it's, it's still the same question of, well, why, like, what is the, on this timeline of humanity, what's the end? What, what are we working towards beyond just, is it just survival? Is that truly what we're just trying to do is survive through time? And, and stay on this path or or is there some other goal we're trying to get to right and, and, and no that's that's where we're taking it so they sort of have they sort of have to answer that question in order to make it in order they sort of have to answer that question to save humanity at least Matthew McConaughey does, right? It's sort of he he has to take a leap of faith in order to save humanity. And what I mean quite by literally. that, what quite literally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, a leap of faith can mean different things to different people. It could just mean believing in something without any reason to things like that. So, and so, so during their travel, they're, they, they have these different planets. They have an idea of that could potentially be safe havens for humanity. And these planets were previously traveled to by other astronauts and they could potentially still be there gathering information and whatnot. And Matt, Matt Damon. And Matt, this is where Matt Damon shows up as an evil, evil little man, a Trump-like man, I would say. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but they have a choice, right? So they only have enough fuel to go to one planet or the other. One planet, the Matt Damon planet, they have some information on, I think. But it's largely, I think they, okay, so they have, they have information on it, but it ends up being false information because it's from Matt Damon, who is just trying to get off the planet, right? He sort of just, he represents survival. Humanity just trying to survive and doing anything in his power in order to survive, whether that means murder and lying risking other people's lives to save his own 
Right. Just doing doing things without thinking about the overall impact of what he's doing. He's just straight up trying to survive. The other planet is where the Anne Hathaway character, her lover, boyfriend, husband, or whatever it was, has went to that planet previously, and he could still be on that planet. So, but she, but she had this sort of instinct of saying, this, this is the planet we need to go to, the one with her boyfriend, but it wasn't just because of her boyfriend. She just sort of had an instinct about it, right? This sort of love connection, right? But they shot her down because it wasn't based on the facts and blah, blah, blah. They didn't take that leap of faith, in other words. So they go to the other planet, and they have a lot of problems. <laughs> uh, eventually, they get off, and after Is this the water planet? No, that's another planet. <laughs> that's the planet that took them, like, the 10 years to go to initially. Well, while the guy was on the ship... Matt Damon's Switch. Matt Damon's planet is the one with the ice, all the ice. Yeah. So they didn't make the leap of faith. They didn't trust her instincts. So once they once they get off the planet, Matthew McConaughey decides to just go into the black hole. <laughs> right, because they could try to make it to the other planet, or Matthew McConaughey could just jump into a black hole. Because why not? We used to be told that black holes just like destroyed everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> like it literally rips apart, destroys atoms and shit. Right. But I, I think they have different ideas of what black holes could be. And it's not necessarily true that every black hole is the same. Or what, you know, we don't know what's inside a black hole. I mean, there's def- there's there's definitely like super weird gravitational things going on there. So when Matthew McConaughey goes into the black hole, he basically enters, it's basically represented as a library of different strings, which are like the gravitational waves that he can go to and sort of manipulate, which then manipulates the space-time that he can see. That's how he communicates with the past and his daughter in the past and he has to tell her what does he tell her he tells her the solution to a formula i think or a math problem so the answer to to the question of why humanity is living the answer is just sort of a leap of faith of we're living because we want to because we because we want to leap forward into the future we want to see because what happens we want to we want to be there it's we want to live and it's a, it's instinct it's emotional it's love it's all that stuff right and it's not it's not about 
sticking to the mundane. The mundane just brings us down. And while it's necessary, we shouldn't get lost in it. Right. And and also the need, or I guess that with that, we're stuck. I mean, we're, we're largely stuck. On the path, on the path of time, and no matter what you do, no matter how you compartmentalize it, no matter how you try and work with it, you can't escape it. Even Matthew McConaughey's character, when he's doing all this stuff, yes, he's watching it drastically affect others, but that's just in relation to him. Um, it's still impacting him, and he's still on it. Um, so ultimately there's no getting away. And so you're, as you progress through it, you're, it's just, what am I trying to say here? It's, it's a path you're on and, and well, there's, there's no apps. There's no apps, absolutes, right? Time, like we right. think of time as some monolith, but it's not, it's, it's relative. It's, there, it's not absolute or, you right. know, thing, things are different, you know, if you lived on Jupiter, you'd be younger than you are now, because Jupiter's right, gravity. If you lived in the sky, you would be slightly older <laughs> right. than and, if you lived and, on the ground. And all this being said, no matter who you are, where you are, say we're we're in this scenario where these situations of traveling near a black hole or something that's dense in gravity or traveling near the speed of light. So for you, time is slower relative to those on Earth. Um, for you, it's still just normal. It just feels normal. So so truly, no matter what, it's not like it slows down for you. You can tell it's slowing down. It's It's all normal. Or it all just feels the same. Um, so again, it's just inescapable. Exactly. It's inescapable, but it's not absolute. And that's how we should perceive life itself. It's inescapable. But it's not absolute. And we shouldn't demand that we live by absolutes. I think that's pretty good. So the implication is life is not absolute. You know, and that that that's about ethics, right? Ethics aren't absolute. Right? Religion's not absolute. Right, so capitalism is not absolute. The economy is not absolute. Nothing Nothing is all powerful, and we we have the power to manipulate time itself if we take that leap of faith. All right. Well, I think we touched briefly on some deep subjects here, uh, and I think. I think if you wanted, you could go very deep 
either scientifically or philosophically down either of these paths and write a thesis. So we we urge you to do that <laughs> if you have the time. Otherwise, just keep listening to the implication and we will continue touching on these subjects. I've been Adam. And I'm Eric. <laughs> have you been Adam? Or are <laughs> you Adam? That's true. That's true. That wouldn't well, be That's our next thing. topic on the implication. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, you can find our other episodes on Apple iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. <laughs>